0: Come on, we're talking about a Holy Ghost here. How's everybody doing? Ooh, that was like three of you. Praise God. How's everybody else doing? I will take it. That was still a little weak. Y'all are a little bitter about the Tennessee game, clearly. Y'all are hurting? Okay. No. Um, y'all, I asked my my friend to stay up here for a moment because I do I wanna I wanna take a moment and pray. We pray a lot here. Come on, somebody. I want to pray before we get into this message. Um I really believe the Lord wants to do something tonight. I really do. Um, How many of you know? We try not to give credit to the enemy ever. I I go out of my way to give him no credit. But how many of you know? Sometimes you have a week where it is like something something's going on, something's happening. And again, I try, not to, I try not to find those weeks, right? Because who wants to have those weeks? But can I tell you something? Read the book of Acts. Take, a, take some time and read the book of Acts. It's not even that long of a book, but read the book of Acts. When God moved, so did the enemy. Right? And a lot of times, the enemy will try and stop you from receiving ever what God has for you. I say this all the time. He will try and stop you before you even start. And I I really think tonight there is something special about what the Lord wants to do tonight. Not just right now, but this is foundational for the future. And so I just wanna pray, and my, my prayer for you, my prayer for everyone in this room that can hear my voice is that we would be open to whatever God wants to do. Isn't that a good place to be? Lord, do whatever you want to do. Isn't that good? Let's pray real quick. Lord, we love you. And Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you can move on someone. You can move on our minds, Lord, and you can change us. Lord, your word says that our minds can be renewed by the renewing of our minds. Lord, I just pray tonight that you would move in a powerful way, that your presence would be received. God, I'm ready. I'm willing. I'm waiting. We want you now. In the name of Jesus, everybody shout it out. Amen. 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 Y'all come on. Isn't he a good God? Thank you. Thank you. Y'all, um, as you can see, we are in the in the middle of, we have two more installments in this series. We're in the middle of a series called Ghost Stories, right? And we've been talking, uh, I don't know if you were here last week, but Tiffany dropped uh, a spiritual bomb in the room, and it was so good, and uh, it's on all the streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of it. So go check it out. Actually, check out the whole series. It's really good. It is really Uh, In informational and it's really really powerful. So let's do this real quick. I wanna I wanna tell a few light bulb denominational light bulb jokes. Are y'all ready? And don't worry, I'm gonna pick on every denomination. Okay, okay, y'all ready? Okay, how many Presbyterians does it take to change a light bulb? Any Presbyterians in the house? Anybody? You grew up maybe? Okay, no one. Cool. How many? None. The lights will go on and off at predestined times. Yeah, okay, some of y'all, way over, okay. They believe in predestination. Okay, all right, moving on. Uh, uh, number two, uh, how many charismatics does it take to change a light bulb? One, their hands are already in the air, right? Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, three, how many, this is so funny, how many uh, Church of Christ does it take to change a light bulb? None because light bulbs are not mentioned in the New Testament therefore unscriptural <laughs> because they don't believe in music. okay moving on all right uh, I'm telling you we're gonna hate how many uh, how many Methodists does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> We choose not to make a statement either in favor or against the need of light bulbs. However, if on your own journey, you have a light bulb that works for you, you are invited to next Sunday service where we will be exploring the number of light bulb traditions, all of which are equally valid paths to luminescence. (laughs) Some of y'all, okay. (laughs) Some of you are like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay, Uh, how many Baptists (laughs) does it take to change a light bulb? Change? Who said anything about change? <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, last one. How many Pentecostals does it take to change a light bulb? 100. Close, brother. It takes 10, one to change the bulb, and nine to bind the spirit of darkness. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. You guys, I, I am excited about what we're going to be talking about today because it really does mean a whole lot to me. The subject has, has changed my life and um, therefore we are going to talk about it. It's going to be a part of our culture. But, you know, there is a, a thing going around and has been around that the phrase Pentecostal uh, is considered a denomination when really uh, the word Pentecost, all it means is 50. Some of y'all are like, what? I thought it meant snake handling and drinking poison and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. All it means is 50, right? And basically, to sum it up, Pentecostals are people who believe that what happened in the book of Acts chapter 2, the gifts and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit are still available for people today. Right? They are called Pentecostals because the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, right? Uh, the day of Pentecost is a feast that Jewish people celebrate and, and have celebrated. If it was poured out on Christmas, they would be called christmacostals If it was poured out on Easter, they'd be called Eastercostals, okay? But it wasn't. It was poured out on the day of Pentecost, and therefore uh, there are people that call themselves Pentecostals. So listen, and the reason why I know it's not a denomination is because I have been to churches that have Pentecostal on their sign, and there is no Pentecost in the building. I have also been to churches that... That don't have it on their sign, but the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is moving and the power of God is active and people are being healed and lives are being changed because they subscribe to this concept of what what happened on the day of Pentecost. Now, listen, uh, here's the reality. If you don't agree with the concept of what that is, that is absolutely fine. We are a non-denominational church and that is absolutely fine. But here's the reality. Let me just say this real quick. If you are Pentecostal, what it means is this. The power of God is active for us today. Watch this. It says this. I wrote it down like this. What happened on the day of Pentecost is still available for every believer today. Now here's the struggle with this concept Here's the struggle. This concept of baptism of the Holy Spirit, stuff like that, is a very controversial subject. And what I would love to do is this. I just want to make a deal. Can we just make a deal real fast? That all of us will go into this subject tonight with an open mind, and we would study the Word of God together. And if you don't agree with what I am teaching, guess what? We're a non denominational church. You are still welcome to be a part of our community. In fact, one of the things we say around here all the time is this you can belong way before you believe. And I mean that in every subject that we talk about, you can belong before you believe. Here's the reality though just don't expect me to believe what you believe because then we would both be wrong. <laughs> Okay, joking but not joking. All right, now listen. I want to talk about two different instances that happened as we go into the word of God because and and I'm just asking open mind, open heart. Let's go through this. It's going to be really good. Two different instances. One was called Resurrection Sunday and the other was called Pentecost Sunday. Two two different experiences. John chapter 20. Are you ready? My wife's ready. Is everyone else ready? It got real quiet. It got real quiet, okay? Here we go. John chapter 20, verse 19, it says this. That Sunday, everybody shout Sunday. Everybody in the room and their mother shout Sunday. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus, everybody say Jesus. Jesus was standing there among them. Listen, Jesus had died, body disappeared, they're looking for him, and bam, he suddenly shows up. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there with them. Peace be with you, he said. Verse 20, as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and on his side. Watch this, they were filled with joy and they saw, or when they saw the Lord. Verse 21, again, he said, Peace be with you. Watch this. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Verse 22, super important. Verse 22, I I, I don't even know if y'all have seen this or read this, but it says this. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. At this moment, watch this. At this moment, the disciples received what we call New Testament salvation. They experienced New Testament salvation because look, the disciples had already confessed the name of Jesus as Lord, but for the first time, they believed God raised him from the dead. The Bible says this, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that that God raised the Lord from the dead. Doesn't it say that? That's what happens when you get saved, when you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that, that God raised Jesus from the dead. They passed from death into life. At this moment, they experienced eternal life, resurrection life, and they received what we call the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. They received what, what the Bible calls the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But here's the thing, watch this. They didn't have everything that they needed. They didn't have everything they needed. Let me show you this. Acts chapter one, verse four, says this. Once... Once when he was eating with them, he, Jesus, watch this, commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends the gift that he promised. As I told you before, verse 5, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, watch this, I, or you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Did you read that? Did you see that? In just a few days, you've already been baptized, you've already believed, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Listen, this was the same group that Jesus was eating with when he prayed, on, prayed for them, put, put his, literally laid his hands on them and breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. The exact same group. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says this. But when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, or sorry, when you receive... You will receive power. I'm botching this bad. Hold on. But you will receive power. Come on. When the Holy Spirit comes what? Upon you. And you will be my witness telling people about me everywhere through Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, into the ends of the earth. These people already had the Holy Spirit in them, but they did not have the Holy Spirit come upon them. And that's a big deal. I wanna, I wanna break this down a little bit more. It says this, the Holy Spirit lives in you at salvation, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit does what? Come upon you. And there is a difference, right? So we had, we had Resurrection Sunday and Pentecost Sunday, two extremely different events. One day was literally 50 days after the first day, first Sunday. Acts chapter two, verse one, it says this, And I'm reading from the voice translation, if you care. It's really good. I love the way it says it. It says, when the holy day of Pentecost came, 50 days after Passover, which was the day that Jesus was resurrected, they were gathered together in one place. Verse two, picture yourself among the disciples. A sound roars from the sky without warning. A roar of a violent wind. And the whole house where you are gathered reverberates with the sound. Verse 3, then a flame appears, dividing into small flames and spreading from one person to the next. Verse 4, all the people present were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began speaking in languages they've never spoke, as the Spirit empowers them. Resurrection Sunday and Pentecost Pentecost Sunday are two different events resurrection sunday obviously christ was resurrected he was ascended glorified uh glorified christ and then you have in breathed of the holy spirit which is life when you when you receive christ into your life the holy spirit lives in you and you and you have life now you went from death to life but when the outpouring of the holy spirit happens what you receive what power You receive power. So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit at at salvation, when you give your life to Christ, you now go from death to life. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you now have power. What? To be his witness. It's so important. Let me jump on this real quick. Watch this. Pentecost Sunday does not contradict Resurrection Sunday. It completes it. Did you hear me? Pentecost Sunday does not contradict Resurrection Sunday. It completes it. They fit perfectly together. Now, if it, so the Baptist, look, look, I'm not picking on Baptist, but if the Baptist says, I received the Holy Spirit when I got saved. Guess what? You're right. You did. But you didn't get everything. Now, when the Pentecostal says, I got the Holy Spirit when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit after receiving Christ, it's right because he also received the Holy Spirit when he was saved or she was saved, right? So both are correct. The reality is, is this. There are two, I wrote it down like this. It's two Sundays, two different experiences with the Holy Spirit. How many of you like to go swimming? Anybody, any swimmers in the room? I love to swim. There's only a few of you. That's really crazy. Some of y'all are either, like, tired or just don't want to respond. I don't know. I love swimming, right? So, and, and my, my whole family likes to swim, but Tiffany is one of those swimmers, like, kind of annoying me a little bit, right? Because we got, a, uh, we got a membership to a pool one summer when we first moved here, and, man, it was totally common. It's like soccer, like, never score. It was totally common for her to not even get in the water at all, like, at all. She just likes the sun, she says, whatever. I'm the guy that's like jumping off the diving board, doing backflips, doing gainer. Well, not a gainer because they're scary, but like legit just jump in the deep end. I am swimming to the bottom of the pool, holding my breath for as long as I can. I'm that guy, right? There are different types of people, right? Listen, the church is the same way. The church is the same way. There are people in this room right now that you're here, but you're not in the water. You haven't accepted Christ yet, right? You're not, even, you're not in the water, right? And then, and then there are two different types. There are people who right, jump right in the deep end like me, and then there are people that go in slow, and then they go all the way up to their waist, and it's like hot above, cold below, and then they're like peeing in the water. They're super gross. Come on, somebody. Don't you lie. Don't you lie. I'm going to put chemicals in the pool next time I'm swimming with you. <sighs> You haven't got in the water yet, maybe, right? And then, and then you have people like my wife that may, if she does get in the pool, it's gonna be on a floaty with her glasses like she's in some commercial or something on her Wi-Fi, on her... <laughs> I'm working, I'm working. The, the water's cold. It don't matter. Get in the water, right? Here's the thing, right? Eventually, if you hang around here long enough, you're gonna wanna drink of that water right? Come on, Mike. Eventually, you're going to hang around long enough that you're going to want to drink of the water, right? Eventually, it's going to get hot enough that you're like, you know what? I'm getting in the water. But how many of you know to be baptized is to be fully and completely submerged, right? So when you get saved, you're filled with the water, but the water is not yet on you, upon you, right? Does that make sense? And so my prayer right now, my prayer right now is that we would get to a place where we're saying, you know what? I'm getting getting tired of being on the outside of the pool. I'm getting tired of even just being, maybe you're saved. Maybe you've been saved for a long time in this room. But I'm telling you, there is so much more than just salvation. Do you believe that? Listen to me. Think about this for a moment. Jesus walks the earth for 33 years. He spends three years with his disciples just walking around, doing life, sharing life with them. He dies on the cross and the moment, and we're gonna read it in a moment, but he ascends into heaven. Before that, the last thing he says to them is what? Don't you think, don't you think that the very last thing you say to a person, your followers is gonna be pretty dang important? I mean, it's the last thing you're going to say before you leave earth. What are you going to say? What did he say? He said, go and wait in Jerusalem until the Father sends the gift that he promised. Don't you think that if it's important to Jesus, it should be important to us? Did you hear me? I'm preaching way better than y'all are talking. I'm telling you right now. Don't you think that if it's important to Jesus, it should be important to us? So when somebody, when someone gets saved, that's salvation. Watch this. I wrote it down like this. When you receive salvation, the living water comes inside of you, refreshing and rejuvenating you. But there's more. But there's more. And I wrote it down like this. When you go under the water completely, you are baptized. You are completely covered and immersed in the water. Now, There are some people that believe the book of Acts chapter two was just for those believers and it was just a special event for just them. Can I tell you something? Watch that. I love the word of God because it's like, oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. Let me read this real quick. Acts chapter two, verse 38, it says this. Then Peter said to them, repent and let everyone, or sorry, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Watch this and you shall receive the gift, what, of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far afar off, as many as the Lord is willing to call. Listen to me, I wrote this down, I want, you to, say, I want to say it right. It says, whenever the, the, whenever the word of God mentions the gift of the Holy Spirit, The promise of the Father or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is talking about the exact same thing. They are interchangeable. It is the exact same thing. Salvation, forgiveness, water baptism, and the gift of the Holy Spirit is for you, is for your children, is for your children's children. Come on, somebody. It's for your neighbors. It's for everybody. As many as Jesus will call. Watch this, which is why we see the exact same pattern all throughout Acts. It's so crazy because look, if you don't teach this or you don't believe this, there's a whole bunch of scripture that you gotta throw out the window. Do you know that? Like, if you don't teach it, if you don't believe it, like I know people that never even look at Acts chapter two because they're like, yeah, it's not for today. We're not talking about it. Listen to me, if it's in the Bible, then it's for today. Do you believe that? If it's in the word of God, then it's for today. Acts chapter eight, this is so big. Acts chapter eight, verse 14, it says this. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that people of Samaria had accepted God's message. <laughs> watch this. They sent Peter and John there. Verse 15. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. What? What? Is that not two different events? They believed already. Jesus had died. He ascended into heaven. He was gone. They believed on him. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Verse 16. The Holy Spirit had not yet, what? Come on. Come upon them. Any of them. For they had been baptized in the name of, Yeah, They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Watch this, verse 17. Then Peter and John laid their hands on these believers, and they what? Received the Holy Spirit. Two separate events. And it's not just one place. How many of you know it's important when you're preaching a doctrine, when you're talking about scriptural truth, that it's not just one isolated verse? That you use the word of God to translate and interpret the word of God. Acts chapter 8 verse 17. I want to read that one more time. Then Peter and John laid their hands on the people. This is in the voice. I love it. It says this. That Peter and John laid their hands on the people and the Holy Spirit did what indeed come upon all of them. These people received the word of God. They gave their lives to Christ. They were baptized in water, which means the Holy Spirit was what? Already in them, right? The Holy Spirit was already in them, but the the Bible literally says the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. Watch this. When the baptism of the Holy Spirit is mentioned in scripture, it always refers to it as come upon, coming upon them. The Holy Spirit coming upon them. Because when you get saved, watch this, the Holy Spirit is in you, but the Holy Spirit has not yet come upon you. It's two different experiences, totally, completely different experiences. Why do you think that when you get saved, the Bible doesn't say that you gotta, someone's got to lay their hands on you and breathe on you? That would be kind of weird, y'all. Okay. Right? Like, what does it take to get saved? We just talked about it. Confessing with your, and believing in your. That what? That God raised Jesus from the dead. Two totally different experiences. The same person, watch this. It says, it says in Romans 10, 9, it says this. That if you confess with your mouth, we just said it. That Jesus, or that, that the Lord Jesus, sorry, let me start again, okay? I'm struggling right now. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? saved. This is talking about a totally different experience than what Jesus was talking about when he said, you've been baptized with water, but in a few days, you'll be baptized with fire and the Holy Spirit. How many of you want that fire? Come on, somebody. I know I do. I know I do. I know I do. And, and I am, I'm really excited about this. Watch this. Watch what, watch what uh, Paul does in the book of Acts chapter, two, or chapter 19, verse 1. It says this, while Apollos was in Corinth, this is another example paul's overland journey brought him back to ephesus he encountered a group of about a dozen disciples there i love how it, i love how the voice says it right because it's kind of back and forth paul did you receive the holy spirit when you became believers that's a weird question isn't that weird did you receive the holy spirit when you became believers john's disciple said we've never heard about the holy spirit Okay, Paul's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well then, what kind of ceremonial washing through baptism did you receive? John's disciples said, we received the ritual cleansing of baptism that John taught. Here, verse four, Paul says this. John taught the truth that people should be baptized and renewed thinking and and turn towards God. But he also taught that people should believe the one who... The way he was preparing. That it, Jesus, the anointed one. Watch this, verse five. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized at this time in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were saved. They were already saved. They believed in, in Jesus' sacrifice. Verse six, then, or it says, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and in the same way the original disciples experienced at Pentecost, they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Two completely separate experiences. If you received anything at salvation, or if you, sorry, if you received everything at salvation, Paul wouldn't even have asked, well, did you, re, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you, when you believed? If you received everything you needed, but here's the thing. In this day, where we're reading right now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was an absolute must, y'all. It was, they were not playing around with it today. Dude, you just get sent to growth track. Maybe you get a baked apple pie or something and they try and plug you in somewhere. It, what were you saying? Come on, it's so necessary today. And I'm gonna explain just a minute. Paul was not talking about receiving the Holy Spirit at salvation. The same Paul, same Paul that wrote Romans 8, 9 says this. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. It's the same Paul. So he was not talking about salvation because he said, did you not receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? But then he's in here going, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, then you're nothing. It's not at all. You're not his at all. It's two separate situations, two separate events. Acts chapter 19 verse 6 says says this. When Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them in the same way the original disciples experienced at Pentecost. They spoke in tongues and Prophesy. This is how I wrote it. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is a separate experience from receiving the Holy Spirit at salvation. So why do we need the baptism of all the Holy Spirit? One word, power. Guys, power. I'm telling you, some of y'all are about to get pumped up right now, okay? Notice Paul's emphasis on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's like, dude, did y'all get it? Because if you didn't get it, let's do it right now. Let's go, let's go right now. And he did, laid hands on them and they got it, right? Acts chapter eight, or uh, chapter one, verse eight, it says this, but you will receive, shout it out, power. power. Oh, say it again. You will receive what? Power. power. when the Holy Spirit does what? Come upon you. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Luke described it like this in Luke 24, 49, he says this. And now, I will send the Holy Spirit just as the what? Father promised. There's that phrase again. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with what? Power from heaven. That word power in the Greek literally means, does anybody know? It means dunamis. Dunamis. Got it right. Dunamis. That word dunamis means power to perform miracles, divine ability, and strength. The baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't about salvation. It has nothing to do with eternal destination. It's about what? Power. It's about power. Some of you are sitting here going, well, do I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? No, you don't. But you need it to go to Walmart. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Have you been to Walmart? <laughs> the people of Walmart are real. Listen, if you, do you need it to be saved? No, but you need it to get on Facebook. Today, tell me you don't need power to control yourself. I, I was talking to Bob the other day. I, I couldn't stand it, and I, I commented on something, and I was like, I got to delete it. You need the power to have control in your life. It's true. You don't need it to get saved, but you do need it in your workplace. Do you hear me? You don't need it for salvation, but you do need it to work with your dysfunctional family. <laughs> Amen. Come on. Who said that, Laura? Amen. Praying for you, sister, for real. <laughs> to deal with your family. And some of y'all, I know your family. <sighs> Praying for you. Listen, you don't need it for salvation, but you do need it when you're parenting your kids. Oh, <laughs> I, I stirred something up right there. Some of us like, amen, I'm with you when you're right, pastor. <laughs> You don't need it for salvation, but you do need it to have a healthy marriage. Listen, you need the power of the Holy Spirit to deal with the stress and pressures of this life. If you feel depressed, watch this. I wrote this down, I'm telling you. If you feel depressed, it's because you feel powerless about a certain situation, right? If you feel guilty, it's because you feel powerless about your past. I've been there. If you feel anxious and fearful, it's because you feel powerless about your future. I wrote it down like this. Every negative emotion that we have, that you have in your life, is a result of feeling powerless. Right? Some of us are like, I feel that. And some of y'all need to live a little longer, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Okay, because I tell people all the time, I'm like, man, like adulting is not fun, okay? You need the Holy Spirit to adult. Do you know what I'm saying? God never intended for us to handle the pressures of this life on our own. He intended us to have what? Power. Come on. He intended us to have power. The other day, there was a, a dude driving a semi truck through my neighborhood jeff <laughs> knows where i'm going with this there was a dude driving a semi truck and honestly it was it was rough because like the dude, I was, I was like someone had delivered something in my house and I was pulling this thing off the guy's truck and we're trying to unload and this guy rolls up. He comes up into my front yard and the guy doesn't speak very good English and I feel so bad because I can't understand a thing he's saying. I'm like admitting this in public right now, <laughs> okay. And so I'm like, I feel bad because I don't understand and all I could hear, all I, I could gather that he was looking for a place to fix his truck. I didn't know it was a semi-truck. I had no idea. I couldn't understand the guy. And I was like, yeah, dude, like if you just take, if you go on this street and turn left and go right, you could get back out on the main road. And he was like, you know, bye. And I was like, see ya. And I got on the phone, no joke, got on the phone. And I hear, <laughs> and the guys drive. I don't know, that was a horrible semi. Okay. <laughs> the guys driving down the street and I'm not even joking. I hear what sounds like a bomb goes off in our neighborhood. The dude ran into a power line and took out all the power for like who knows how many streets and I ran inside and pretended like I had nothing to do with it. (laughs) Tiffany's like, don't tell anybody that you told that guy. Uh, Now it's on the internet. Too bad, okay. (laughs) Here's what's so crazy, right? Like, we lost power in our house and it was hot that day. It was hot and I kept telling the kids, shut the door! Like... And they're like, it's your fault, Dad. And I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, I don't have a CDL license. What is it? Is that what it is? CDL license? I'm like, I don't have a license. This joker took the class. He should know that he can't be driving this in this neighborhood. Pretty sure there are signs posted, I don't feel bad at all. (laughs) Kind of a little bit. (laughs) And so... We lose power, and how many of you have ever lost power for an extended period of time? We lost power for a couple of hours, and I'm not gonna lie to you, it was terrible. The kids were like, what are we gonna do now? And I'm like, go outside, ride your bike, play with your friends, real people, get off the friggin' Oculus. <laughs> I know. <laughs> hey, I remember, okay? I remember when we didn't have cell phones. I'm, I'm actually getting old, it sucks. I'm just kidding, it's awesome. But listen, do you know what I'm saying? Like when you lose power, like you have moments where you like lo- you forget that you have no power. And you're like, I got to go to the bathroom. Blip. Oh, dang it, the power's out. I forgot. Right? Oh, I have an idea. We don't have power, so we can't turn the TV on. But I have my laptop. I'm just going to watch a movie. <laughs> no internet. Oh, man. I just realized how much my, in my own life I need power to survive. How many of you know it's the same way with Jesus? Whew. Come on. How many of you know it is the exact same way with Jesus? How many of you know that you were not created to go through life without power? You were designed to go through life with power. And that is what we are talking about today. The power of the Holy Spirit, watch this, this is so big, enables you to conquer any area where you have, had consi- or you have consistently failed in your own power. One of the most annoying things to me in the world is when people say, God won't give you more than you can handle. That's not in the Bible, and that's not scriptural. The next person that says that to you, punch them in the face. Your pastor gave you permission. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. But here's the reality. Here's the reality. God absolutely gives you more than you can handle. Because why? Why? If you could handle everything on your own and in your own power, you wouldn't need the power of God. You wouldn't need God in your life. You wouldn't have to lean into Him. How many of you know? How can you how can a person lose a baby? How can you lose a child and then look them in the face and say, God won't give you more than you can handle? Whew, I'm getting fired up. Lies. I I remember a story of a, a police officer who had twin baby girls, six years old. God won't give you more than you can handle. He was killed in, in, in the line of fire. God won't give you more than you can handle. How can you tell that to them? No, you need the power of God, amen? You need the power of God. So my family, I don't know if you guys um, going from really serious to like, you know, my family plays video games, anybody? Except for my wife. I'm just going to stare at her for a second. Refuses. Refu- is insubordinate. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, I, one one Father's Day, I was like, all I want you to do is play Fortnite with me. That's all I want. No, you didn't. You never played. You didn't. I'm just kidding. I'm messing with you. So the one thing she will play with us, though, is a game called Mario Kart. Right? How many of you love Mario Kart? Come on, somebody. Some of y'all... Like your first Nintendo or your first gaming console was an Etch-a-Sketch, okay? <laughs> I can make stairs real good, guys, <laughs> okay? <laughs> it's like, here, let me hit the reset button. <laughs> but the best console ever, look, I have, I'm a, I'm not even a closet gamer anymore. I'm out of the closet, okay? I love video games, okay? But here's the thing, right? Here's the thing, um, I lost my train of thought just now. Yes, okay. My favorite Nintendo, or my favorite console was Nintendo. Thanks, babe. Appreciate it. That's why you're here for me, okay? Was the Nintendo console, right? And I mean, you know, the graphics are trash now, but it's still like the best console, okay? And when they came out with Mario Kart, it was incredible because why? When you're driving the Mario Kart little thing, right, you could get mushrooms and get bigger and just run over people, But the best thing in the whole game, do you remember what it was? No, the turtle, come on. The star, y'all, the star. Okay, like everybody, you just have power. How many of you know that when it comes to the presence of God and when it comes to Christianity, you get to level up? Do you believe that? How many of you know that you didn't even know that there was a spiritual principle in Mario, did you? But when it comes to Jesus, look, salvation is fantastic. I wrote this down. I want to say it like this, okay? Some of you all are sitting here going, so what? Like you think you're better than me because you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit? No, I don't. The Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. Did you hear that? The Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. It gives me power to be the me that I want to be in the army, okay, (laughs) of the Lord. (laughs) If you want to jump up on the keys, you can. Think about this, though. Let me ask you the same question. I want to ask you the same question that the Apostle Paul asked the disciples in Ephesus. Have you received the Holy Spirit since believed and and y'all listen this is not a again I just said it I I don't think it makes me any better I don't think it makes me any better than anybody but what I do know is that it gives me the power to be who Jesus Christ has called me to be there was a story of a guy named Dr. Peter Lord and he pastored Park Avenue Church for 30 years in, in, I think it's Titusville, Florida. And he was an incredible man of God. The dude was great. This is not a, we're better than any other people that don't believe in a message, just by the way. But he was an incredible man of God. But because of his theological upbringing, he believed that the gifts, he believed that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was not something that was for today. And we're going to talk more about that next week, by the way. But he believed that it was, it was not for today. And he was doing a study. He was doing a series on the Holy Spirit. And, and the Lord spoke to him and said this, have you received the Holy Spirit? And he said, of course, Lord, I received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in me. The Holy Spirit came into my life when I received Christ. Of course I received him. And then the Lord asked him this question which is so crazy, a little bit of backstory. His mother-in-law had moved in with him recently. Some of y'all are like, oof. (laughs) Right, I think the same situation, okay? Imagine if your mother-in-law moved in with you. (laughs) I've got a great mother-in-law, by the way, just so you know, Teresa, I'm talking to you. I've got a great mother-in-law, but he clearly, they didn't see eye to eye on everything. And the Lord asked him, your mother-in-law lives in your house, but have you received her? And he said, not fully. And then the Lord said this to him, it's so big. The Holy Spirit lives in your house, but because of your upbringing, you have not fully received him either. Do me a favor, stand to your feet. I want to ask you the same question. The same question that Paul asked the disciples and the believers in Ephesus. Actually, I want you to look at me real quick. Everybody look at me. This is about power, y'all. It's about the power and the presence of our God. And I I just cannot clarify it. I cannot express it enough that this is not about going, you have less or you're lacking. It's not about that. So don't wear that shame. I feel led to say that right now. Don't even let that happen in your mind because it's not about you being less. It's about you being all that God has called you to be. So do me a favor, close your eyes. Holy Spirit, I thank you. That's the question I have for you tonight. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And I can't answer that question for you. Only Mm -hmm. you can answer that. Because the pride, I want you, I feel led to say this the pride in our lives will go, oh yeah, I've got it all. I've got it all. When you know you have not Some of you, the pool analogy, we're not even in the pool. Some of us, we're outside of the pool. And tonight is, is about you getting in the pool. But for some of you, you've been in the pool for a really long time. And you're just on your floaty, but you're not under the water. You've not fully submerged yourself. You've not allowed the Holy Spirit, Jesus, to come and baptize you in his Holy Spirit. And with everyone's eyes closed, no one's looking around. That's you, and you're just saying, I want more. I need more. I just want you to lift your hands. Yeah, come on. There's there's some desperation in this room right now. Unashamed. Unafraid, come on, let's lift our hands. Unashamed, unafraid. If we can't be unashamed in the house of God, then oh, it's going to be real hard out there. Lord, you see it, you see it right now. And Lord, just like just like when Paul spoke to the, the people in Ephesus, the believers, I just pray right now that your Holy Spirit would fall in this room right now. that your presence would move in this room right now in a real way and you would bring life change with you. Come on, just feel his presence right now.